Moncrief on News Talk. Now, one of the many environmental, uh, environmentally responsible things we're required to do is install a heat pump in our homes. But many people are finding that the pumps are actually inflating their fuel bills. Mike Tehan is owner and director of Renewable Building Solutions. Afternoon, Mike. Hello, John. How are you doing? Uh, so, like, a, a heat pump supposed to reduce your, your, your bills. Is that the case? It, it, it should be the case, Sean. And um, if you can cast your mind back, we'll say two years ago, where our energy prices for electricity were probably hovering around 18 to 19 cent plus fat for day rate and around maybe 7 to 8 cent plus fat for night rate. Um, and today's costs are, are more than two and a half times that. Uh, some people are paying upwards on 45 cent plus fat day rate and, you know, uh, 20 something cents on, on night rate. So, you know, uh, in, in theory, yes, the heat pump should reduce your energy costs, but because of the way electricity prices have gone in the last two years, um, it can cost more than to run a gas boiler or it can be similar to a gas boiler. Right. If now, it's done correctly, you know. Now, and, and to, like the heat, and correct me if I'm wrong, a heat pump essentially is taking air from the outside and heating it up and, and, and in integrating it into the central heating system. Yeah, in simple terms, you're kind of right. Yeah, the, the heat pump, everyone has a heat pump in their house, no matter how old your house is, it's called a fridge. Yeah. Uh, there's one in your car, air conditioning. So wherever I use the heat pumps, um, a heat pump takes the energy from the outside air and boils a refrigerant inside in your outdoor unit. And that refrigerant then being boiled turns into a gas and that thing gets goes into your compressor, it gets compressed to high temperature gas, goes through a small heat exchanger and that heats your water going to your hot water tank and your radiators. Um, it does it in a very efficient way, mm. um, roughly between 300 and 500% efficiency depending on which time of the year you have. The outside temperature being colder, the harder the heat pump has to work to produce hotter water. Therefore, yeah. less efficient it gets and the warmer outside it is, the more energy you have in the air. Therefore, the less work the heat pump has to do and so on. Uh, and it, but, uh, but at the moment, Mike, could you, yes. uh, you would you advise anyone to get one, seeing that it would Absolutely. increase their like bills? The, it, it, see, the, the problem with, 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 not the problem with heat pumps, but the, the other issues that you'd have with heat pumps is that it's only one small part of a big puzzle. Um, when you're designing a heating system, you have to look at the entire system, including the house itself. Mm. So in, in a new build, you have a very um, strict guidelines from a heat loss point of view. You have certain wi- windows have to be installed in a certain condition. Uh, U-value, let's say 1.4. Your walls have to be a certain new value of heat loss. Your floors, your, your air tightness and so on. It's very controlled. And you can calculate that pretty accurately. Um, but in a retrofit solution, uh, you have to then do a lot more work in discovering okay, is this house suitable for a heat pump? In some cases, it's not because the house might be too old and the heat losses might be too big because the heat pump um, will, for certainly, match your heat loss in your home. Um, so, therefore, the SCI have taken an approach of fabric first, fabric first approach, which means, okay, if you want a heat pump, you have to bring your house to a certain level of heat loss in order to uh, qualify for a grant, mm. which is the correct way to do it because there's no point in putting a heat pump into a barn and expecting it to, to run very, very cheaply, you know? It yeah. <laughs> um, so the fabric force approach is correct. So there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle to make sure the heat pump will run efficiently and run cheaply. So your house is one part of the puzzle. The second part of the puzzle is that your heat emitters, your radiators or your underflow heating have to be sized correctly with a heat pump. If you look at um, a traditional gas boiler, uh, it could be probably sending out 70-odd degrees Celsius of water to your radiators, where it get very, very hot. When you reduce that down to, say, 40 or 45 degrees C, you use with a heat pump, 
the radars have to be much, much bigger in order to provide the same amount of heat into that room. So in a retrofit, and you go to survey the building and you do not change the radars, you could have a case where the radars could be too small to work with the heat pump. Therefore, what does the heat pump have to do? Provide more temperature to the radars, therefore reducing the efficiency and increasing your cost. Hmm. Is it the fault of the heat pump? No, it's not. It's a fault of the radars being too small. Right, okay. Also, if your pipe box is too small, if your pipe box too small in the house because it's uh, an old microbore system, that's also going to affect the flow rate, which means your heat pump does cost you more money to run. Is yeah. it a fault of the heat pump? Not necessarily. It's a fault of the system. Yeah, also, I, I assume there's different sorts of heat pumps and you need one that's appropriate to your house. Correct, yeah. Also, the, the, the sizing is also important. If you undersize a heat pump, let's say your heat loss of your building is, for example, 10 kilowatt hours of energy needed to match the heat loss of the house when outside is minus three, but your contractor provides a heat pump that's uh, six kilowatts or seven kilowatts output, what's going to make up the difference in the energy demand is an electric heater or an old-fashioned immersion heater, as we call it. And you remember the, the old jokes you have, oh, Jesus, I left the immersion heater on, it's costing a fortune. Yeah. That's what will happen with your heat pump. If it's too small, your immersion heater will come on to do a lot of the work during winter, and thus your bills are quite big. Um, if you oversize the heat pump, let's say you need 10 kilowatts, you put it in 16, you might think you're doing a good thing, but you're not, because it's now too big for the house, and it's cycling on and off quite quickly. So mm. it might be on for five minutes, off for five minutes, on five minutes. A heat pump takes about five to 10 minutes to settle down on its efficiency. It starts off quite poor and then settles out after a few minutes to get maximum efficiency. If it's too big, it's cycling on and off. Therefore, it's never getting into that, um, I suppose, cruise control mode where it's running very efficiently. So again, it sometimes isn't the fault of the actual appliance. It's the fault of the total system. Yeah. So if if in the morning, Mike, somebody comes to you and they haven't had, you know, if it's an, an, an old house, as in, you know, I suppose, yeah. you know, from, from the 1980s back, yeah. and yeah. nothing's been done to it, uh, yeah. so what's the first thing they should do before they even start thinking about heat well, pumps? The very or? first thing to do is to get a, a feel for what is the actual heat loss in my building. We've done plenty of houses from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and they're working really well. Mm. Um, because... The probably a local authority house and the local authority has gone in and done some uh, renovation works, pumping the cavities, spray foam the attic, done some media work on air tightness. And that could be enough. Uh, how you know it's enough is that you do a, a proper air, a proper heat loss survey on your, your property, um, getting a technical advisor who is registered with the SAI to come out to survey the building to provide you with a new BER. And that BER report will give you what's called a HLI or a heat loss indicator. And that heat loss indicator figure will tell us whether your house should or should not get a heat pump. Right, if okay. If it's a very high heat loss indicator, it means that the energy demand of the house is too great. Um, uh, a low temperature heat pump may not be suitable. Yeah. It two quick, two, of, two quick questions for you here, Mike. Um, yeah. uh, what does he say about turning the pump on and off? Let's say if you go away for the weekend, should you leave it on even though you're not there? I wouldn't know. Um, like, I've heat pumped my house for nearly 17 years and I haven't turned it off once. Um, if you think about uh, energy, if, if you get a rope and you tie a rope around a big, big lorry and you try and pull that lorry yourself, it'll take you all your might to pull that lorry to get it going. Once you get it going, it's easy to keep it pulled. Right? You pull it away nice and handy until somebody puts a foot in the brake and you go, oh, God, mm. start again. So with a heat pump, because it's a very, very small appliance, and it's running, taking over, keeping the house at a steady temperature. Turning the house off for a few days might actually cost you more to heat it back up than what it would have cost 
Yes, I see. Yeah, and an, another quick. Yeah. I'm running. I'm mad over now. Uh, yeah, Ed, Ed wants to know: Is it right to say a heat pump system is not any good in an old house? And if you seal it up for the for the heat pump to work, it will cause dampness. Bosch have come out with an article on the subject. Maybe they are just pushing another product. I do know old stone wall houses need to breathe, and sealing them up is a bad idea. If you seal the houses up, it is a bad idea unless you ventilate. So when you do air tightness measures, you have to look after the air quality in the building. Old, old houses naturally ventilated because they were leaky. Like my, my grandparents' house and my parents' house, they were naturally ventilated because they were badly built mm. and their, they, the air leakage was quite high. When you do remedial works, um, I would take ventilation as a priority over heating. So you must get your air, your, your tightness right for, for good heat loss. But when you make the air tightness very tight, you need to breathe in the house. So he's correct in one way. You need to look at ventilation as a priority overheating when you start doing your tightness. Mike, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was Mike Tehan there, owner and director of Renewable Building Solutions. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.